Welcome to The Vessel. And it is once again an absolute joy and a privilege and all to God's glory that I welcome you to the vessel. Uh, This, what I'm about to share with you, is the most important thing that I could ever share. You say, boy, that's awfully arrogant. No, it's not arrogant at all. because it's nothing to do with me. It's not about me. It is about him. And the him, of course, is God. Um, Having a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. That's what this is about. Um, I want to welcome you if you're listening from Apple Podcasts. We are super excited to be uh, on the Apple Podcasts platform now. And praise God for that. To God be the glory um, as with all things, and uh, not only Apple Podcasts, but some other uh, podcast listening platforms as well. So wherever you are joining us from, welcome to you. And I don't believe that there's any mistake or any accident about this, that you're here right now, uh, whether you're listening there or online on our website at thevessel.blog, because this particular podcast, not all of them, but this one is going to be saved and made available to all viewers and listeners on the website for all time until Jesus comes back. And maybe even after that, um, I won't know, but uh, here's the thing. Uh, This is, as I said, the absolute most important thing I could ever share with you. I mentioned in the previous episode that Jesus is the answer to everything. We are going to talk a lot about that, not only in today's episode, but in future episodes. You're going to hear that recurring theme very, very often. But friends, when I say Jesus is the answer, I don't mean in some small, trivial, distant way, or or perhaps, you know, someday in the sweet by and by, well, when all of my very difficult life here is over, then maybe Jesus will finally rescue me and you know he'll be the answer to that. No, 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 no. I'm talking about in the here and the now, right at this moment. And we're going to talk a lot more about that in the coming podcast because you're going to see from God's word, the Bible, that Jesus is truly the answer to everything and that a relationship with him, that knowing him will make all the difference in every aspect of your life. In your health, I'm talking physical health and emotional mental health. If you're uh, in your finances, in your in your marriage, in your parenting, or if you're a child or uh, a teenager growing up, in what a challenging time it is to grow up. And everybody trying to tell you who to be, what to do, and how to do it. You're trying to figure it out. You don't know where the answers are. I'm telling you, Jesus is the answer. And so, the first step in experiencing that miraculous transformation that comes from knowing him is to actually enter into a relationship with him. And I would be remiss. In fact, I'd be totally failing at the job that God has called me to do if I did not devote an entire podcast episode to that very concept, the idea of how do I know 
that I know? How do I know that I have accepted Christ? How do I know that I'm going to be okay? How do I know that I'm going to get to heaven? Or maybe, is there even a heaven? Is, is that even something I need to concern myself with? Maybe you don't know that. But I'm telling you, if you're here today, I believe it's because you are curious. You're genuinely pondering this thought. Or you somehow came upon this podcast, and maybe you stumbled upon it. In your mind, maybe in the earthly sense you really did, but I'm telling you, I believe that it's been ordained by God. Now, you know what we're going to talk about here. That's no secret. So if you're listening, you know, by this point, I believe you realize I need God. And and maybe I already know God and, and that's fine. And this for you is just a confirmation, maybe something you can share with friends, family. You know, maybe you've been saved for decades and that's wonderful. Praise God. But if you haven't, friends, then this is especially important for you. You see, the Bible tells us that there is not one righteous among us, not one. And he tells us in the book of Romans, in the third chapter of Romans, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now let's just stop right there and think about that for a second because we need to get this part over with because nobody locks nobody likes to talk about sin and 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 darkness and you know doom and gloom sorts of stuff. Nobody wants to hear about that, right? But it would do us well to to at least hear the truth. And where are we going to get the truth? Well, there's only one place you can really get the truth, and that is God's word. That is the Bible. And and everything that Jesus said, the Bible tells us Jesus is the living word, okay? And and from the beginning of time, since before the world was created, he existed. And so this is a confirmation. It's always going to be based upon the word of God. And that is our truth, okay? That is our truth. Now, I don't want you to think that I'm being critical of anybody else's way of doing things. I don't want you to think that I have a dislike for anybody because I absolutely do not. Okay? I do not. I love people. Jesus loves people. We're going to talk more about that. So I don't have anything negative to say, but I'm going to say that there's no other place to get truth, not guaranteed 100% truth. And, you know, the world has had all kinds of ways of trying to get truth that they believe to be truth. And you can get your self-help books and your online courses in self-help and you can go see, you know, the, the, maybe the psychologist or the psychiatrist, the therapist, you know, maybe uh, some form of, of humanism. Uh, maybe you have uh, found some sort of uh, relief in uh, various spells or, or you know, uh, maybe it's something as simple as just physical fitness for you. Or maybe you believe, hey, I can only depend on myself. Everybody else has let me down at one point or another. Yeah, that's probably true. But I can only depend on myself. That's the part <laughs> not so true because you'll find you're going to let yourself down too. I have tried the vitamins. I've tried the medicine. I've tried good thoughts. I've tried good vibes. I've, I've had, uh, I've had people, uh, you know, say incantations over me. I've, I've done this and I've done that and it's worked for a time. And then I'm right back to square one, you might be saying. And then 
I turn to the bottle. You know, I turn to alcohol because at least when I'm drunk, I can get numb to all this mess. Or at least when I'm high, you know, or or I've gotten into pornography because that's fun and I get some kind of, you know, pleasure out of that temporarily. Here's the thing. No matter what angle you turn to, you're always going to end up back in the same place after a while. Oh, I finally found a friend. For the first time in my life, I have finally found a friend that I can count on. They accept me for me. I can be who I am. I can be myself, and I I don't have to worry. It's unconditional friendship. That's cool. It works for a while, but I'm telling you, eventually, something's going to happen. I'm not wishing bad things for you. I'm telling you the way the world works. And if you're really honest with yourself, you know that I'm telling you exactly what you've experienced in your life. Because somebody out there is hearing this and you're saying that is exactly what has happened to me in one way or another. Now, back to the scripture that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This is where we see truth and we need to address it. Every single one of us falls short of what God has called us to be. Why? Because we just cannot do it. We are not strong enough. We are not resourceful enough. In ourselves, we cannot do it. And in Romans 6.23, he tells us that the wages of sin is death. So, have you ever sinned? Now, if we're being honest, some of us have lived different lives than others, right? We haven't all done the same thing. And right now, maybe we don't even necessarily agree as to what is a sin. You know, maybe you believe something is not a sin and maybe somebody else is telling you it is. Or maybe the other way around. Maybe you say, well, boy, that person does this and, and, and they think nothing of it. I'm telling you, they're sinning far worse than I ever did. I never did this or that. And you look at the people out there in the world and you look at the things that you have seen, terrorist acts and uh, you know, mass shootings and, and uh, you know, uh, child, uh, child pornography and, and uh, you know, drug trafficking and all these kinds of things. You say, I have never done any of that stuff. How dare you call me a sinner? I have never done that. I've never cheated on my husband or wife. I have never, uh, maybe I'm not even old enough to be married, but I haven't done this, that, or anything. I'm telling you, every one of us, at one point or another, has sinned. Even if it's something that earthly society considers to be very, very simple, but it's still not the way it's supposed to be. You say, well, I'm just human. We all do those human things, you know. Everybody everybody gets mad at somebody else at one time or another, cusses them out, says something they shouldn't say. Everybody cheats uh, on, on a test once in a while or on their income taxes, everybody steals somebody else's parking space. This is nothing new. It's human. It's just, okay, okay, maybe in the world that is often the way it's looked at. But I'm telling you, God says that the wages of sin is death. And, and here's the point. Everyone has sinned in one way or another, at least once in your life. And I, I'm going to say more than that, uh, but I'm looking at my own life. I'm not going to, you know talk about your life. I don't know you necessarily, but I know me. (laughs) And I know the sins that I committed. And he says, the wages of sin is death. See, God laid it out very simply. 
if you obey, in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28, if you obey all my commands, every single one of them, you're going to get a whole bunch of incredible blessing. But if you break just one of them, that's it. You're not going to get any of the blessings. Oh, sometimes we do in this in this life because God is merciful. And sometimes those people back then did too, by the way, because God was merciful even then. Uh, he often lessened the punishment or gave people multiple chances to repent. But this is what he said. And that's the bottom line. It's not, it was never designed to be proportional. It was never designed to be, well, you've kept, you know, 60% of the law, so you're going to get 60% of the blessings. That, that, that was not how God said it was going to be. And, you know, who are we to argue with God? Where were we when he created the world? How many oceans did you create? How many stars did you put in the sky? Okay. So I'm just being honest with you, friends. I'm just being very, very candid with you right now. It is not a proportional situation. It is I keep every command, I get all the blessings, I keep, I, I break just one command, I, I don't get any of the blessings. And the bottom line, of course, taking it a step further, he says the wages of sin is death. So, is that the end? Is it all doom and gloom? Do I have to wait until I've fixed everything in my life? Do I have to stop cussing people out? Do I have to give up drinking? Do I have to you know, stop cheating? Do I have to do all of these things and then re revisit this podcast episode at a later time once I've done that? Absolutely not in the least. Don't you go anywhere. You're in the right place because friends, here is the awesome thing. The next part of that verse he does say the wages of sin is death, but he also says that the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Eternal life through Christ Jesus is the gift from God. Now, wait a minute. What do I have to do to receive a gift? Somebody brings you a Christmas present, and it could be anything. It could be a box of candy, you know. A new watch, um, some kind of gadget, new clothing, uh, power tool, <laughs> whatever it might be. And they give you that gift and they say, Merry Christmas, um, Happy Hanukkah, whatever it may be. They give you a gift. Is the first question that comes out of your mouth, what do I have to do to earn this? Of course it's not. Of course it's not. You might say, well, you really shouldn't have. You didn't need to get me anything. Thank you. But you ultimately, somebody gives you a gift. What you're going to do is you're going to reach out and you're going to take it because it's yours, because it's a gift that was gotten for you without conditions, without having to earn it. That's what a gift is. That's the whole point to a gift, right? We don't have to earn it. We don't, we, we don't have to do anything to earn it. And in the case of eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ, we can't do anything to earn it. We already discussed that, right? We already said we have all sinned in one way or another. So we've already, it's a done deal. We're not going to meet God's expectations in and of ourselves. 
But it doesn't matter because the gift of God through faith in Jesus Christ is eternal life and is life now and life more abundantly. It is salvation. So here's what used to happen thousands of years ago. Deuteronomy 28, I showed you, if you got a Bible uh, or a Bible app, uh, as I do or something, you can look it up and he gives all these blessings and then he gives all these curses and he sets them before you. You choose life or death, blessings or curses. He tells you to choose life, but people inevitably don't. At some point in their lives, they don't. And so they get the curses. Now, he made a way for people to be made right with God. He made the sacrifice. And the way it used to work was you would purchase or bring a lamb. You'd bring an animal, and the animal would be an offering. You'd have to find one that was perfect and, and spotless, without blemish. And that was going to represent something. And, and what would happen is that animal would be killed, and its blood would atone for your sins. In other words, you would present this offering, the, the lamb or what have you, the burnt offering. It would be The animal would be killed, and now the blood of that lamb, because you had to have a sinless, uh, excuse me, you had to have a, a spotless lamb, and the blood of that animal would atone for your sins. It would make you, it would return you to, to right standing with God. Now, there's no magic in the blood of an animal, right? I mean, there's nothing that is going to really cleanse a person from sins. If I've just gotten done saying that you've done these things and I've done these things and we've all sinned, well, that blood of that animal is not really going to do anything. And God said that too. But what it was supposed to do was it was a symbolic gesture. And hopefully you did it with a repentant heart. In other words, hopefully you were going to the temple to see the priest with that animal and you would say, look, I know this animal represents this. I, I know that I messed up. You know, last week I stole, um, you know, fruit or grain from somebody else and I uh, slept with somebody else's wife or husband or I, uh, you know, I, I did this or that. And, and I'm thinking about it now as I do this thing. And as this animal is killed, I realize and I'm sorry and I realize that God is fair and that life is in him and him alone. And I'm going to try to do better. Hopefully that's what was to happen. But very quickly, you see as you read through uh, Deuteronomy and then, well, really, as you get into um, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, uh, the book of Daniel and, and many other places, you see that that's not at all what would happen because people are people. <laughs> and after a while of doing something, it becomes... Uh, or can become almost like an autopilot, and now it's just a repetitive, oh, got to go buy that lamb. I sinned yesterday, probably going to sin tomorrow, but hey, I got to buy this lamb so, you know, God doesn't strike me dead. I got to go get this thing and take it to the, you know, and that's what was happening. People were offering these sacrifices, and their hearts were not pure. Now, do you think that God was taken by surprise by this? Do you think that God honestly believed this was going to work and was going to be the end-all solution that would 
would you know allow people to be purified and made in right standing with God even though they sinned? No, of course not. Absolutely not. God knew exactly what he was doing. The point of all of this was to show people who were otherwise self-righteous, who would say, I can do this on my own if I just try harder. It was to show us, you can't do it. You can't do it. And how many times can you relate to that, folks? I am going to stop watching pornography this time. Why wouldn't I? I have everything. I got a wonderful wife, great kids, wonderful family. I am going to stop this time. I'm going to work really, really hard, too. And you do. And you put yourself through torture. And then you make yourself, uh, you know, give up some some things. And, and you say, I'm going to stop doing this. And I'm, you know, I'm not even going to go into stores where I can see, you know, cute clothing or cute women wearing cute clothing or, you know, I'm not going to do any of that. Oh, I'm going to give up the alcohol. I'm not even going to drive by the bar anymore. Now, instead of, you know, driving three blocks to get home, I'm going to go out of the way. Uh, what was a five minute drive is now going to take me 25 minutes because I got to go through traffic and back alleys and back roads and everything so that I don't see the bar. Cause every time I see the bar, I want to get in there and I want to drink and I'm not going to do that anymore. So I'm going to try harder and harder. What inevitably happens most of the time, most of the time, you fail. You fail. You end up doing it anyway. You end up watching the porn. You end up drinking again. Oh, brother, you are so wrong. I've been sober for 40 years. I have not touched the alcohol. That is wonderful. Praise God. And, and that's awesome. I am extremely happy for you. It happens. It happens. But I am telling you two things. Number one, it doesn't happen for everybody. It does not happen for everybody. I don't care how good the program is. I don't care. You went to AA. You went to the doctor. You went to the counselor. You got, you know, things worked out. It works sometimes, but it doesn't work all the time. And here's another thing to keep in mind. Even if you maybe fixed that issue, are you going to tell me that you have not done anything else sinful at all? Because I'm going to say to you, I bet you did. You don't even know me. How can you bet I did? Because I know me. Because I know me. I know the world we live in. I know myself, how I respond to things. And I know lots of other people. And I'm telling you, we do these things. So, we can't be made right with God by our own strength by our own tries and attempts, by our own power. And that is the whole reason for the law, this seemingly difficult law. It is, it is difficult. You know, there are 613 laws in there plus the 10 commandments we most, all of us know. And they don't have transformative power. If you keep them, you get the blessings. If you don't, you don't get the blessings. And when you sin, the wages of that should be death. So we give you this option to offer a lamb or a, you know, a burnt offering of some sort to symbolize that your sins are forgiven and God will see that and he'll have mercy on you. The problem is your heart's still not pure and you're still doing these things. So has it really done its job? Well, the immediate answer would be no in that it didn't purify your heart. But guess what job it did do? 
and does do amazingly well. It shows us we need help. We need help. Now, here is where things are going to get really exciting. So if you're listening so far, what I hope you're realizing is that we cannot do this ourselves. Okay, that's it's as simple as that. We cannot do it ourselves. Now, the entire tone of this podcast is about to change. And you're going to see how instantly, just like that, everything in your life can be turned around. You can be made right with God. You can be on a, a brand new path without all the torture, without all the effort. That's what we're going to get to now because that is the most important thing I can share with you. Stay tuned. Boy, am I excited about this. <laughs> John 3.16, the Gospel of John, and chapter 3, verse number 16. He says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And it may vary in what translation you're reading, but that's the gist of it. That whosoever believed in him, whosoever believed, would not perish, but have eternal life. He goes on to say that God did not come, that, 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 that Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but to save it. In the beginning, John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We find out that Jesus is called the Word of God because he is the physical, audible, visible expression of the Father. He is the Son, but he is as much God as his Father. He comes into the world, and in Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, you learn that he never sinned. He never did succumb to any temptations. He never lost his way, not once. He was perfect. He lived a perfect life according to and right down to every letter of the law. He's the only one who's ever done it and the only one who will ever be able to do it. Because he did it, he could be the sinless, spotless, perfect Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He says, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. What he did. He went to that cross. He took upon himself the sins of every person who had ever existed or would ever exist or will ever exist. Took them upon himself. And we could get much more extensive about that, but he took the sins of the world upon himself. And when he died for that, for all of those sins, died on that cross, 
the blood of Jesus, the sinless, spotless, perfect blood, cleansed all of us. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. In other words, he got what we should have gotten, what we actually deserve to get. He already paid for it. He took upon himself the sins of the world. Now, what happened next? God forgave the sins. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and is now alive and well, seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And guess what he is? He is the one we come to. He is the Lamb of God. He is the doorway by which we can enter into the kingdom. And he tells us that it's a narrow path that few will find it. But he is the door. No one comes to the Father except through him. And so, Jesus Christ, the perfect Lamb, the door, the gate to heaven, to the kingdom of God, to the Father. How? Jesus paid the price for us. He was perfect. He, he deserved no harm. He deserved None of that. But he took upon himself our sins, yours and mine. So he got what we deserved so that we could get what he deserved. How? In Romans 10, it tells us that whoever confesses with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and believes on him, believes that he was raised from the dead, will be saved. So believe on the name of Jesus Christ and confess that he is Lord and you will be saved. What? It is that easy? You've got to be kidding me. I mean, you just got done saying that I've, I've sinned even more than I want to admit because I've done all these things and, and I'm not righteous and I can't be made righteous. This is how you get righteousness. This is the answer. Jesus is the answer because he already did it. It cannot be counted against you now because he already did it. He already did it. I cannot stress that enough. He paid for it. Ah, you have no idea how bad of a life I've led now. Now we're getting really, you know, you have no idea. What I did last night, it was unthinkable. It was terrible. I cheated on my spouse. I abused somebody physically. I called somebody all kinds of horrible names. I, friends, Jesus paid the price for your freedom. That worst sin that you can possibly think of. He already knows about it. What's more, he already paid for it. He already took it upon himself. It can now be forgiven. It has been forgiven, as a matter of fact. He's already done it. Is this too much for you to comprehend? Is this overwhelming to believe, to realize that your sins 
have already been forgiven, that you have the power to enter into a position where you are completely righteous in the sight of God, not by yourself, not through yourself. Remember, not by our own resources, our own strength, or our own power, but by what? By faith in Jesus Christ. It is by grace, Ephesians chapter 2, that you have been saved. It is by grace that you have been saved. And this through faith, meaning grace, that unmerited favor. I don't deserve it. Yeah, I really, really don't. I really don't deserve it. I lived a horribly sinful life. Or maybe you're the one who didn't. You know, maybe you never cheated. Maybe you never abused somebody, but you know you've still sinned. And God says that the, the, the standard is perfection, and you know you haven't achieved that. And so we didn't deserve it. But that's the unmerited favor. That is the grace of God. Mercy says, this punishment should be mine, but I love you so much. I love you so much. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, meaning loved all the people in the world, that whosoever believed, see, you and I, my friends, are, we are the whosoever. We are the whosoever. You are the whosoever. I am the whosoever. We are the whosoever. This is it. We believe on his name and confess, and we are saved. Why? Because of what we did? Because now we, we finally figured out the magic formula? No. Because of what he did. How do I make myself righteous with God? I don't. How do I receive the righteousness? Through faith in Jesus Christ. How do I maintain that standard of righteousness? By suddenly now I got to live a perfect life, so I, I follow the the prompting here of the Holy Spirit, and I do this thing, I believe, and now suddenly tomorrow comes and I pick up the bottle again, I say a mean thing again, is it all gone and destroyed? No, it is not, my friends, because God loves you so much that you accept Christ, that blood of Jesus is now applied to your life, and where sin abounds, grace abounds that much more, and his grace is sufficient even in our weakness and even in our failings. It is not on us to maintain the standard. If it were, we'd be in big, big trouble. But it's not. It is on him. He is the author and finisher of our faith. His grace is sufficient to cover a multitude of sins. And his sinless, spotless, perfect blood is enough to cleanse us, wash our sins away, and make us free. And whom the Son has set free is free indeed. His sins, our sins will be removed. Not his sins, he never sinned. Our sins will be removed from his memory as far as the east is from the west, never to ever be brought up again, plunged into the depths of the sea, completely forgotten. That is what he has done for us. That is how much he loves us. Why would he love me so much knowing what I've done? <laughs> oh, praise God that he does. Glory to God for his mercy, for his grace, and for his love, because without it, we would not even be here. But he does. 
His word tells us that he does. That's how we know. That is how we know. They've been trying to teach that to you since you were a little kid. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. It really is as simple as that. Brother, that's ridiculous. That worked when I was eight and I stubbed my, uh, scraped my knee falling off my bike. That doesn't work when I'm 28 and my wife won't talk to me. The debt collectors want every penny from me. I already lost my car. I can't keep a job. It's not enough. Yes, my friend. It is enough. And not only is it enough, it's the only way. Just give me time. I'll get it together. No, you won't. Let God help you get it together. He's the one who will make all the difference in your life. Oh, I can't come to God in this state. Even right now, I'm listening to this podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm drinking right out of the bottle. It doesn't matter. God loves you just the way you are. Impossible. I lie. I cheat. I sin every day. God loves you exactly as you are. Exactly as you are. What's God want with a drunk Christian? God will transform you if you'll allow it. But it's not on you right now. He's the author and finisher of your faith. He died so that you could go free. And when he rose from that grave, he defeated death. He defeated the devil. He defeated sin. He is now victorious. And in him, we too can be victorious. Meaning, if we receive Christ, he says in John 1, verse number 12, that to as many as receive him, he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. You see, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you shall be saved. He will cleanse you. And he will then put his Holy Spirit in you. You now have a supernatural transformation. And the spiritual, see, we are a, we are a, uh, we have a, we are a spirit being. We have a physical body and we, we have a soul. And he immediately, instantaneously transforms the spirit being so that you are immediately made right with God. You now have a righteous standing with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Again, not by myself, not by yourself, but through faith in him. But maybe your body, maybe your thoughts, maybe that's not all in line yet. That's okay. That's all right. There'll be time. We're going to talk about those things in the coming weeks, and God is going to speak directly to you. And we'll give you some tips on how to, how to know his voice and how to get closer to God. But know this. Spiritually, it is done instantly. And the Bible says that the angels in heaven rejoice. This is God's plan and has always been God's plan from the beginning of time. He loves you. And he desires to know you, and he desires for you to know him. He wants you to be his child. He wants to call you friend. He doesn't 
look down upon you with uh, a shaking iron fist and bolts of lightning. He looks upon you with open arms of love waiting for you to come to him. And so what I would urge you right now is to stop trying to figure it out. Because one of the things we tend to do sometimes, some of us, is we tend to want to have all the answers up front. We tend to say, well, I've heard what some people have said is in the Bible. And I don't know if I agree with all that stuff. I don't know if I believe all that. I don't know if I can get on board with this or that. Or, or I have a million questions. How does this, uh, how could he, how could, no. Stop asking questions. Jesus doesn't care if you know all the answers. In fact, he doesn't expect you to. An analogy was given um, during Jesus' earthly ministry. He said that the uh, kingdom of God was was like a uh, a treasure, and when the man found a treasure, he buried it in a field somewhere. And then, you know what he did? He sold everything else that he had so that he could buy back that treasure in that field. Because he knew who the source really is. He knew where his happiness would come from. He knew who was the source of all things that he needed for this life and all things that he needed for eternity. Are you saying, brother, that I immediately have to give this up or that I have to give this up? Do I have to, you know, 10 different things? I don't want to give this up. I enjoy going to the bar. I enjoy doing this. I don't want to give this up. Don't worry about it. You do not have to worry about it. What you need to do right now is one simple thing, and that is to agree to receive Christ, to accept him as Savior. The rest of it, God will speak to you. God will transform you. God will do a work in you. And he'll even give you the desire to want it to happen. The obedience part begins with accepting Christ as Savior, with paying attention to that still small voice that is the Holy Spirit nudging you right now because you know you're tired. You are so tired of trying to do this on your own. Has life really worked out that well for you up to this point? And maybe certain times it has. But I'm sure, I know, because I've been there, you can get very tired. Life will drag you down. Life will throw things at you. Life will knock you down. And then while you're down, it'll kick you. Oh, but that's just life, brother. I'll be all right. Yeah, that is just life. But that's not the life that God called you to. God called you to a life that is overflowing with blessings abundantly. God called you to this amazing, empowered life filled with love, filled with good health, filled with prosperity, 
filled with all the riches and glory of the kingdom of God, filled with safety, preservation, wholeness, soundness, security, peace, and joy. That is what God called you to. That is the life that God wants you to have. John 10, 10 says that Jesus said, have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. That is life to the fullest. That is the life that God has called you to. That other stuff, it doesn't have to belong to you. But the road to experiencing the blessings of God has to begin with the decision to accept Christ as Savior. That, my friends, is the only way. There is a hell. And there is a time after which you won't have another chance to make that decision after your life is over on this earth. But we don't have to think about that right now because you know what? You are alive. You're listening to this. You're breathing. Your heart is beating. You are alive. You can make the decision right now. And it will change your life forever. But I don't know how I'm going to. You don't have to know. But I really don't want to. You don't have to. But what if? It doesn't matter. But how is God? Don't worry about it. All these things. All these things that you want to know. In time. Will begin to make sense. Right now. All I'm asking you to do is to look deeply inside yourself and to realize you cannot do it on your own. See, that's the prayer I prayed to God. I said, look, God, I don't even know what I believe anymore. I don't have all the answers. I don't know how it all works. I don't know what I agree with. All I know is whatever you want me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Because I cannot do it on my own. The void can only be filled with his spirit, with a relationship with God. And then you do have right standing. Then you do have the righteousness. Then you can say, I am the righteousness of God. Not by myself, nothing I have done, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So how are we going to do it? Because there is one thing we must do, and that is to accept him, to receive him. All roads may lead to God eventually in one way or another, but the question is, does it lead to eternity with God or does it lead to eternity in hell, separated from God? And in truth, there's only one way to the Father. There's only one way to God. There's only one way to heaven. And that's by knowing Jesus. He says, when you've seen the when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm in him, he's in me. And here's the really awesome news. It doesn't have to wait. So in other words, you accept Christ and now you read all these promises. They don't have to wait for some distant time when your life ends on earth and you now step over into heaven. It doesn't have to wait for that. God wants awesome, wonderful, great blessings 
for you right now. God wants joy and happiness for you. God wants good health and prosperity for you. God wants peace and safety for you. God wants all these things even in this life. He said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God has come down from heaven. It is here. And when we accept Christ, we can live that kind of life. And we'll talk more in future episodes about how that all works, but again, don't worry about it. What I'm telling you is the news is so good, and it only gets better and better and better. And the way that God has transformed my life, the blessings that he pours out upon my life on a daily basis, I cannot ever say enough about them, and I can guarantee you this. They're not because of me. They're not by my strength. They're all because of him. And they are only because of him. So what I want you to do is I want to, I just want to ask if we could pray a simple prayer because it says in his word to believe on his name and confess and you shall be saved. So what if we do that together? for those who are interested. I want to give you the opportunity right now to experience the love and the life-changing power of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So again, just put everything else out of your mind. Do not worry about what you have done. Do not think to yourself, oh, I don't understand. I don't want to do this until I until I research more. No, 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 no. Just pray. That is having faith. Having faith is believing without seeing. Maybe you don't understand. It's the evidence of things not seen. Okay? It, it, it is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. This is by faith we're doing this now. I don't have it all together in my life. I don't have my act cleaned up. Don't worry about it. Just pray. If you're tired and you give up and you know you cannot do it on your own and you want to experience the amazing blessings that God has for you in this life and eternity with God in heaven, please pray with me. Either say these words or, or something very similar to them. You can put it in your own words if you want. You can say it out loud you can you can say it in a whisper but say something like this lord jesus i realize i'm a sinner and i cannot do it on my own i need you i am lost without you i give up Right now, Jesus, I believe that you are Lord, that you have been raised from the dead by God, that you took upon yourself all of my sins, and that your blood is sufficient to cleanse me and make me whole. I am sorry, I repent, and I receive 
the free gift of salvation. In Jesus' name. And all that goes with it. The forgiveness. The righteousness. The adoption as a son or daughter of God. The power, the love, the authority in the name of Jesus. I receive it now. I invite you to come into my life and transform me into the person you want me to be. I love you and I praise you and I thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for hearing these prayers as I know you do. God, whoever is is listening to this right now, Lord, I I pray in Jesus' name, God, I thank you for this opportunity to share on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Spotify and everywhere else that someone might be listening right now on the website, wherever they might be hearing it. I thank you for bringing them to this place. And I thank you that I know that if they've prayed this and they meant it, that they're now saved. And I know you're going to do an amazing work in their lives. And maybe you'll use me, maybe you'll use others to help them along the way. But God, I know that you have amazing and wonderful things in store for them. And I thank you and I praise you and I love you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And friends, if you have prayed that simple prayer, I believe and I know in my heart that you have now gotten born again. If you meant what you said, you have gotten born again. No longer do you have to worry about death. No longer do you have to worry about hell. No longer do you have to worry about sin. No longer do you have to worry about condemnation. No longer do you have to worry about guilt and shame. No longer do you have to worry about misery. You got born again. You just made the most important decision you have ever made in your entire life. And praise God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So you are on your way, friends. You are on your way. And we're going to end this podcast here today. But you are on your way. You are now. Say it. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Not by myself, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Friends, I encourage you to visit us at thevessel.blog. If you made that commitment today, I want you to send me an iMessage if you have an Apple device. If not, send me an email. You can send it to mspacelife at icloud.com. That's M-S-P-A-C-E-L-I-F-E at icloud, I-C-L-O-U-D dot com. M space, that's the word space, not a, not the space bar, but M-S-P-A-C-E, mspacelife at icloud.com iMessage me, email me, go on the website and contact me, thevessel.blog. Let me know about your decision. I want to help you. I want to help you through prayer, encouraging, uh, love and support. Whatever I can do, I want to help you. It's important that you read God's word and find a church. But pray about it. Talk to God. You know what? Start out by talking to God. Say, God, what do you have for me? What do you want from me? And get a Bible app, you know? Uh, we have a couple listed listed on our website and maybe find a plan that is for a new believer to help you to get to know Christ. We're going to talk more, lots more about that in the coming weeks though. So don't worry. But right now I just want to, I just, I love you. Every single one of you, even those of you who I have never met in my life. I love you with the love of the Lord. I am so excited for you and praise God and God bless all of you. May it just be a wonderful, wonderful day, a wonderful week for you. We are going to see you back here really soon, folks. So God bless you. Take care and we will talk to you soon.
For more information, visit our website at thevessel.blog. Send us an iMessage or an email to mspacelife at icloud.com.